The following is rated S for spoilers. Al? You okay? Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Hangover. My name is Alex. And I'm Nate. And today we are discussing Weird, the Al Yankovic story directed by Eric Appel, written by Weird Al Yankovic himself and Eric Appel, starring Daniel Radcliffe, uh, among literally every other famous person on the planet, um, released November 4th. 2022 on the Roku channel with an estimated budget of eight million dollars because it was it was released directly to the Roku channel. I don't have opening weekend numbers, of course, um, but I was very impressed by the fact this was made for eight million dollars. Impressive. Also, considering literally any person with a speaking role was extremely famous. Oh yeah, yeah. Nate, how 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 are you doing this week? It's been a minute since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, it's 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 great to be back. I yeah. love that I'm back for another parody kind of movie. You know, I didn't realize that until you said it, like right before we started recording. Right. I almost feel bad, but also I feel like it's very fitting for oh, you. Oh yeah, no, it's it's entirely within my realm of like fun fun yes. antics. Uh huh. Yeah, Graham is going to be out for a few weeks dealing with some. Uh, family stuff so we're gonna have a few special guests uh, in the upcoming weeks starting with the one and only nate lewis uh nate what were your thoughts on weird so weird al has always been in my life my dad was a huge fan Uh uh-huh and so when i saw the original like teaser trailer for it i was like okay this is gonna go one of two ways right (laughs) it's gonna be either very serious and really cool movie of weird al or, or it's going to be Weird Al. And, of course, it's it's <laughs> it's Weird Al 100% of the way through. Yes. So uh, being raised as a Weird Al fan by my dad. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Radcliffe, a very prominent millennial actor who I've literally grown up with. Right. It's just, it's perfect. It, yeah, it was, <laughs> I was very impressed. Yeah. I saw the trailer and I thought this was like an actual like music biopic. And I was like, wow, Weird Al must have a really like intense story that I didn't know about. Um, I don't know what his actual story is, uh, but I really hope it involves abusive parents and drugs and running into the jungle to kill Pablo Escobar. (laughs) I feel like I feel like that is. That that's great. I love that about. I love that we were. I really hope that's the real story, even though I know uh, there's no way it is. No. Um, so uh, Nate, here's an interesting question. What was you said that like Weird Al was like your was introduced to you by your dad? Yeah. What was like your first real like introduction to Weird Al? Like, what was the song? Like, what was? Oh my gosh. So I, I can't remember exactly what year it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was post 2006 because okay uh, of where we were living at the time, but uh-huh. uh, for a Christmas present, he got a DVD of like the best 25 Weird Al songs uh-huh. and all of their music videos downloaded onto it. Uh-huh. And just like a kid on Christmas, he ignores the other presents and immediately <laughs> is like engulfed by this DVD mm-hmm. and immediately turns on Dare to be Stupid. Okay. <laughs> which I showed to you before we started recording. Uh-huh. And you can see kind of like, how the cogs are turning in this man's head. <laughs> you, the thing that you have to understand about my dad is he was a math teacher. Okay. <laughs> and so like you, you see him like teaching algebra and mm-hmm. uh, calculus and statistics. And then the man's like dancing along with dare to be stupid on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> this very serious professor. I'm just imagining him like in a tweed jacket right now. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had quite a few uh, sweater vests. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> A very stereotypical math teacher. Math teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listening to Weird Al. He loved him. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. My dad was all about the 80s pop, and so the fact that he could get all of it mm-hmm. with just Weird Al and it being funny and parodied, mm-hmm. as a theater person himself, he was right. very hooked on Weird Al. Yeah. I think my first introduction to Weird Al was in, like, fourth or fifth grade music class, and they were talking about parodies, and the teacher showed us uh, I Love Rocky Road. Yeah. And I always remember just thinking, like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Um, and I don't, I don't mean, I don't, I haven't listened to a lot of Weird Al. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to think I really like all sorts of different music, but parody and Weird Al in general is not something I really, like, dove into a whole lot. Like, I know uh, 
Like there's a, there was a Star Wars one, which was a parody of American Pie. Yeah. Um, I knew that one. And I, he did like a Hamilton when they did like the Hamilton uh, mm-hmm. covers for a year. I know he did one of those, the Hamilton polka. I'm a big fan of eBay. eBay. You you showed me that one right before we started recording. eBay's good. Yep. And then uh, White and Nerdy. White and Nerdy. Okay. That was another one. And you cannot forget the one that was mentioned in the movie even, Amish Paradise with Coolio. Okay. Amish Paradise, I didn't know. You didn't know Amish um, Paradise. Eat It, obviously, I was very familiar with. Right. It's iconic. And I love how they, they made that one like the song that the whole movie was like focused on. It's a really big one. I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's very catchy. I mean, it's Michael Jackson. It's a really clever parody. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wait till you see fat. <laughs> okay. Let's actually dive into the movie. Sure. Um, I remember hearing that Daniel Radcliffe was going to be playing Weird Al mm-hmm. and Perfect. thinking, and Perfect thinking, person. Perfect casting. What what are these casting directors thinking? Yeah. And then Daniel I s- Radcliffe is obviously like six foot seven, just like Weird Al. Of course. Of course. Daniel Radcliffe is a very, very tall guy. Very tall. Um, obviously. Very everybody tall. everybody knows this. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I remember hearing that and thinking, what is wrong with these people? And then I saw the movie, and I feel like Daniel Radcliffe was, like, acting his butt off. Oh, yeah. Like, this might be one of my favorite Daniel Radcliffe performances, and it's in a parody movie. Oh yeah, about Weird Al. <laughs> Outside of the Harry Potter movies, how many of the Daniel Radcliffe starring role movies have you seen? I haven't seen a ton. I'll be honest. Um, there was Swiss Army Man, amazing, which was like surprisingly really good. Here's a th- here's the thing about Daniel Radcliffe that I just think is so odd. He takes the str- he he's Harry Potter. Right. He can have literally any role that he wants mm-hmm. he can snap his fingers and he could be like the lead in a marvel movie he could be wolverine, wolverine. Every, he's gonna be wolverine everybody wants to be wolverine but he's not going to be no. because he refuses to do it he's actually headed back to broadway I, yeah he, like he loves broadway like he just does he's harry potter mm-hmm. and he does the strangest roles of all time like in swiss army man where he's a dead guy who farts, who farts all the time. A lot. Or like, I remember guns Akimbo. I never actually saw that movie, but he just like, like it's Edward scissor hands, but instead of scissors, he has guns for hands. Yes. Like what is wrong with this guy? Horns was a personal favorite. Horns was another one. I didn't see, but I remember seeing trailers where like, so horns pretty much like his girlfriend dies and everyone's like blaming him, like saying that he's the murderer. Okay. And he starts growing <laughs> horns who then everyone tells their deepest secrets to him, and uh-huh. through this new superpower with the giant horns on his head, he's able to figure out who did it. Like, what? Yeah. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> he is such an amazing actor. Why does he take, like, I don't want to say real roles, but, like, why didn't he take, like, I don't know, I feel like any other actor would be like, let's do a Marvel movie. Right. He, he seems to have zero interest in it, probably because he was already Harry Potter his he's, entire life. Yeah. So he's kind of, he already has, like, that fame and, you know, that recognition. How, I don't know why, but like, why was this like the greatest performance of his life? <laughs> it was really good, uh-huh. and I think because he has been taking these weird, weird roles, right? Uh-huh. Pun intended. <laughs> um, he he was he's been setting himself up for this one, and sure. he was actually uh, Al's first pick. Really, he was Al's first pick to play him. Really, so they went to Weird Al and they said, "Hey, writing a movie," and he obviously helped write it. Yep. And Weird Al said, like, they said, who do you want to play you? And Daniel he Radcliffe. said, Cliff. He said, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I remember whenever they announced that Daniel Radcliffe was playing Weird Al, and I thought, like, that is the strangest casting choice ever. And then I saw it's a trailer, odd. and I was like, wait, why does he fit so well? Like, he kind of even, like, looks it's the mannerisms. Like a, a younger Weird Al. I don't know. That's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And Weird Al even made a, made a cameo appearance in this movie. Oh, yeah. He played the, like, record label manager yeah who like said that you'll never have a career making which i think is the funniest way (laughs) to do like a parody musical biopic is having like the the terrible record label person he's like i don't believe in you you're the worst and have it be weird al i think that was the perfect parody decision that they could have made uh speaking of like of guest appearances who is your favorite like cameo in this entire movie Okay, so Conan O'Brien is a very close second. Uh-huh. But Who did, wait, Conan O'Brien was in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, Conan. Hold on. Who did Conan O'Brien play? <laughs> I can't remember. The, the Andy Warhol? 
Wait, hold on, what? <laughs> I didn't Conan, notice this. Conan O'Brien was at Andy Warhol at the party doing like little film bits. Wait, what? Yeah, I loved that because okay, he was but, playing Andy Warhol really well. Okay, by the way, like Nate and I literally just finished watching this movie. Mm. Um, and like the entire time, we're both just like laughing hysterically. <laughs> we're looking at you like, what is happening? It's I did not notice funny. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, Conan O'Brien was playing Andy Warhol. Okay. And then, but... Rain Wilson, especially in the Rain whole. Wilson was fantastic. <laughs> Rain Wilson, man. Well, I, I told you when the movie starts. So like at, at the beginning of the movie, there's like the poster of Rain Wilson and yeah. his character. I was really, I knew this wasn't going to happen because I'd seen trailers and stuff, but I was really hoping that there was just a poster of Rain Wilson on his wall. And that was it. I was hoping that he wasn't an actual character. It was just Rain Wilson in a top hat on his wall. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. Um, obviously Rain Wilson killed it though. He did, oh he did fantastic yeah. as, uh, Mr. Demonic, Demonic, yes. Yeah, was that what like it was? That. So he's an he's a disc jockey that like of course influenced uh, Al's life, Weird Al's life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I kept. I would say that's weird, but I literally just filmed a wedding, and I talked to the DJ, and yeah. he introduced himself as I was like, "Hey, I'm at my Alex. Like, nice to meet you." He's like, "Oh, hey." He's like, "He's like, I'm I'm Spin," and I was like, "You're Spin? Okay, what's?" What's your real name? Like, obviously, you're not. Your name isn't Spin. <laughs> Why are you introducing yourself as Spin? Anyway, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What were so, you gonna say? So the, the I mentioned this a lot, like mm-hmm. in the movie, like ah, oh, that's gonna make a great GIF. <laughs> you said that so many times, <laughs> and it was so true. The 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 staging, camera play, and like mime work that the actors and uh, crew put into this movie. Mm-hmm. Pushed the laugh from a 10 to a 12 to, for me. The humor was honestly, the jokes were pathetic. They weren't even like that clever or unique. No. But just for whatever reason, every they single one hit. hit for me. Yeah. And I don't like it was just, it was so perfect. And again, I don't know why I was expecting like a serious biopic for a Weird Al movie, but I can't imagine them doing it. Any other way. Let, let's talk about that. You go into this movie, did, like all the way up until watching this, you thought it was a serious one? I thought it was an actual biopic. Okay. I thought it was like, and we're going to talk about it next segment, but I thought it was going to be like a, like a Bohemian Rhapsody or a Rocket Man or a La Bamba. Like I was expecting a serious movie so what's about your, Weird Al. What's your reaction when like within the first five minutes of the film, here comes his dad with his plastic hand. And, <laughs> I lost this in the factory. You'll never know what real days work. So he's like, I know you're setting me up because you already know the answer. Like, I looked at you and I was like, wait, is this real? Is this actually how things played out? Because the acting was almost, because if it was real, like the acting was so bad. But I very quickly realized, oh, this is supposed to be a joke. This is supposed to be a parody because it is Weird Al. It's Weird Al. I didn't realize that he had helped, he co-wrote the movie. I mean, in terms of like writing critics, he he gets top billing. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because he's Eric. He's Weird Al, not Eric Apple. It's his biopic. But yeah, but like... I, I didn't know any of this going in. I went in pretty blind, to be honest. I, I'd seen the one trailer that they released, um, at least the main trailer. I don't know if they, I'm sure they released more. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I'd only seen the one trailer, and I thought this was a serious movie. And I, I remember looking at me like, is this is this real or is this no, a joke? Because I can't, I can't tell. And I think that was what was so clever about the movie is it was kind of marketed as a serious movie, in my opinion. I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant and I think too much of movies. I thought it was marketed pretty like as an actual biopic, and when it go when it starts, it kind of seems somewhat serious. And as the movie progresses, like they could have started with Weird Al going on a Rambo mission to kill Pablo Escobar, mm-hmm. but instead they say that like for the end of the movie, and like as the movie went on, it just got stranger and stranger and weirder. And weirder. I was about to say, you, you, you beat me to the chase. Uh, like, I don't know, it just, got, it just kept getting more and more weird and more weird Al. Yeah. And I loved it. It was so clever. Like, they hooked me with the, it felt kind of real, but also I very quickly realized, oh, this is a parody, just like Weird Al. But it's kind of, I don't know, like, the storytelling in this movie was just so brilliant. Like, they could have... They could have made it weird the entire way through, mm-hmm. but instead they, it was very self-aware and knew what it was trying to do, and it just slowly it, it slowly progressed into a way where, like, okay, we're going to start as a weird 
We're going to make fun of biopics. And as we go on, we're just going to get completely wacky and bizarre. And we're just going to have a good old time. And let me tell you, this movie was a very good time. I enjoyed myself thoroughly throughout it. It was very funny. Yes. Like, this is a movie that, like, I paused several times. Like, we went back a few times. I was like, wait, that was Josh Groban. Like, why is Josh Groban just a waiter who gets his tray <laughs> slapped down for no reason? <laughs> like, every Conan O'Brien apparently was in this movie. Yep. I answered the question myself. My favorite came in was Lin, Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda. That was um, good. Because I know that Lin-Manuel Miranda always talks about how much he loves Weird Al, and I love that, like, the movie opened with him calling Weird Al's death. That was just fantastic across the board. Um, I, as, as you know, growing up with the Weird Al, I kept seeing, like, little references to uh, some of his songs. Yes. And so when they open up with this hospital scene with uh-huh. Lin, and I'm, I'm listening, I'm waiting for the beeps on the heart monitor uh-huh. to start to start Like a Virgin. Okay. Or, excuse me, like a surgeon. Like a surgeon, yes. Like a surgeon. Don't get it wrong here. Well, <laughs> like a surgeon was the first one. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, Weird, Weird Al is great with his parodies. And mm-hmm. this movie, even in the marketing, mm-hmm. was parodying it. So Dan and Al would go on to these late night shows, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is 95% accurate to my real life. Uh-huh. All, the way, seen, yeah. all, the, all the way through it. <laughs> so that's just the joke didn't stop in the movie it was continuing in the marketing so the fact that you were getting confused by uh-huh. the trailer i think was on purpose and that's fantastic i love that so much seriously i don't know much about weird al um unlike you that's one of the reasons i had you on the show was because you you do like weird al. weird al um and i didn't keep up with this movie a whole lot i mean there's a lot of stuff going on i mean we got a lot of st- really cool stuff coming up here mm-hmm. in the future for the podcast like what were some of the references that Layman like himself didn't get? Uh, for example, like uh, at the end of the movie, like his mom was very fat. And I was like, what is going on with that? And you knew instantly where that was going. Like what were some of the Chanel. other references to other mo- like other songs that someone like me like would not have gotten? So they, they ended up like hitting, like they would hint at it. And then five minutes later, oh, there's your song. Mm-hmm. You know, they were talking about the sandwiches. And I was like, oh, boy, Bologna. Right. And then, like, again, heart surgery, uh-huh. like a surgeon, mm-hmm. his mom. Even, like, I don't know, you probably don't know, but some of the her lines that she was saying right, were lyrics to, uh, to fat. I figured that out at the end when she said, like, oh, I'm fat and I know it or something like that. And then we have the very heartfelt parody scene of him reconciling with his father. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was raised Amish, and I was like, "Oh no, here we go!" <laughs> and you, ha- you're like Amish. What? Here's like, I think this movie was more enjoyable for me because I was listening, I was watching it with you, who is a Weird Al fan. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten that until like the end. It would have just felt like, uh, like yeah, whatever kind of thing. Like oh, okay, like that that point A led to point B. Right. But watching it with you was a very different experience because you did understand it. I saw and the I, jokes coming. Right. I feel like you appreciate this movie more than I I could have just because I'm not a major Weird Al fan. Sure, uh-huh. I think I think some people who aren't maybe Weird Al fans will go into this movie and be like, "That that was weird." Pun intended. Again, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, it was weird. It was weird. It's a uh-huh. weird movie. But right. going in as a fan of comedy, dry humor, mm-hmm. uh, sarcasm the humor was so dry. I like, mean, you even said it yourself. You were just like, "This is so dry." Gosh, like it was at like the party scene or something, and you were just like, "Wow, this is so dry." Oh, Yet Jack I, Black, Jack Black, Jack Black can't <laughs> can't give a bad performance. Like that was just so perfect. <laughs> out and of nowhere. no one, no one else could have pulled off that scene in particular, except for Jack Black. He was the only one that could have done any, like who could have made such a ridiculous moment in a movie so hysterical while playing it so seriously. Oh, yeah. I mean, so in, in the party scene, again, we're, we're talking, that's where you see Jack Black, you have Conan O'Brien. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody was dressed up as um, the lady from Adam's family, the mom. Okay. I don't think I know some of you. Daniel Moore in that scene, whoever was playing Daniel Moore, Oh my gosh, when he said, like, 
oh, like, we'd love you to play at Live Aid. And Tina Radcliffe said, heck no. I lost my mind. I will, like, because Live Aid obviously is, like, the best rock performance of all time, if not one of the greatest live performances of all time. Again, yeah. And the fact that they called that out specifically, and Dana and Red, I was like, heck no. Like, I laughed so, I laughed way harder than anyone should at such a ridiculous joke in such a ridiculous movie. I thought that was the funniest thing in the entire world. It's the fact that they're picking on a biopic finale of which they are parroting. Yes. Well, listen, it is a biopic finale. Like, that is the finale of Bohemian Rhapsody. And they said, heck no, we're not doing that. (laughs) I was like, oh. Oh, my gosh. We have the second segment is going to be a very fun one because we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's another one of the uh, references in the movie. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the comedian's name, but, like, I I remember it was another one of those ones growing up. It was a guy who, like, his whole punchline was smashing watermelons with a hammer. Yes, and I'm gonna have to look up the guy's name, and we'll mm-hmm. get back to that. But like, he made him in that. He made a, an appearance in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, through a cameo again. Mm-hmm. And he's like talking about how we need the tarps. No, no one needs tarps at a concert uh-huh. anymore because it's it's different now. Yes, it was yes. Weird. So yeah, the, the subtle references to that like early comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a homage. That's one of the things I love about like. The comedy genre mm-hmm. is the more you watch something, like, and you take a break and you come back and you watch it again, and you've gained more experiences, like, things become funny later. Uh, for example, I was just watching Ted Lasso, um, re-watching Ted Lasso, okay. and there was, there's a moment in, like, one of the first episodes of, of the season where they're all, uh, they're debating on, like, what's the best Martin Scorsese movie, and they're all, like, throwing out, like, oh, Gangs of New York, like, this movie, this movie, and then the character of Roy says, silence. And everyone shuts up because he says silence. But since I watched that movie, like, I thought that was a funny scene the first time, right? But since I, between the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it, I had seen Martin Scorsese's movie, Silence. And I think it is one of the, it's probably my top five favorite movies of all time. It's one of those movies that's so intense that, like, I want to watch it again because it was so good. But also it was so intense that I can't force myself to watch it again because it's just so much emotion and just depression in that movie but when i watched it again i laughed so hard because like i finally got that joke like that's what i love about movies like this is the more is like the more you learn about what they're talking about like you gain more experiences throughout time and like you go back and watch movie it makes the rewatchability of comedies and things like this where they're making fun of actual events and their actual things it makes it so much better. You can actually rewatch a movie. And I feel like this movie will be something where if I go back to it in five years for whatever reason. After you listen to all the Weird Al music. Exactly. Now I feel like I have to listen to Weird Al now. Because, yes. like, I know I know the totally true 95% true story <laughs> of Weird Al. <laughs> and how, how he killed Pablo Escobar yes. by throwing one of his platinum records at his forehead. I mean, obviously, that, that is exactly how it happened. The fact that he used that as a... Eh, spoilers. I mean, yeah, there's a spoiler warning at the beginning. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Rated S for spoilers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you listen to the podcast. I love the podcast. <laughs> um, the, the fact that he not only used his platinum records... As a weapon, uh-huh. it, was, it was his body armor to survive a desert eagle shot to the chest. Well, I'm not, the thing that was so clever about this movie, too, is I feel like a lot of movies would have just made that be a random joke at the end. Uh, it would have just been like a plot armor, literally. Sure. But no, the fact, it was set up. But the fact that they made it a joke at the beginning and you just thought that it was a funny joke where he's like, yeah, I wear my platinum records, whatever. Like they played off as just a silly nonsensical joke that had nothing to do with anything and they brought it back made that somewhat serious moment even funnier because they just they brought back a random joke it's Chekhov's rubber chicken yes exactly <laughs> exactly 100% you're the one that brought up on the on last time you were on this show too you brought up Chekhov's gun I love Chekhov's gun it's such yes. a brilliant writing style yes and, and it's the fact that a comedy can uh-huh. use it this effectively. And here's the thing. I don't know much about uh, Eric Appel or Eric Apple. Um, it's kind of spelled either way I could be. Um, I don't know how much writing he did, but Weird Al did get first first writing credits. Mm-hmm. Is Weird Al actually a genius? 
I mean, he, he obviously. I mean, yeah, like he does write parody songs, so obviously there's a lot of like cleverness and like smarts going behind that. But like this movie was so great, and it was a parody. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was a, one of the best parodies I've ever seen of this very serious, very popular genre movie that we'll talk about next segment. Um, I don't know. I just why was this movie so freaking good? Why did I love this movie as much as I did? Because I was kind of going in with very low expectations. Maybe that's why I did like it as so yeah. much. Because I wasn't expecting very much from it. I've, I I had a very good time watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Weird Al has been in an, in an, in a, wow, in a tight, an entertainer for many years. Yes, he has. Uh, when did Weird Al start? Do you know? It's got to be late 70s, early 80s. Yankovic's first show with his new band was on March 31st of 1982. Um, and several days later, they were the opening act for Missing Persons, record, and they recorded I Love Rocky Road, um, a parody of I Love Rock and Roll by the Arrows. Um, so yeah, 19, March of 1982 was when like he started. And the fact that he's going 40 years later... And he's still releasing new stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, he did uh, Blurred Lines, came out in 2013, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and he did a whole parody of that, of, like, bad grammar. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. That, like, had texting language had ruined grammar for a generation. Yeah. Which, by the way, if my sister tunes into this episode, <laughs> I just yelled at her for having bad grammar, and I should have <laughs> sent her the song. I think that's one of the, the brilliant things about Weird Al is that he doesn't have to try very hard. And I, I love how they pointed out several times was how literally his job is to write new words to songs that other people Art wrote. Yeah. That is, I love how I love how self-aware this movie is. And I feel like there's something I didn't realize about myself if it weren't for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I love movies and shows and just things in general that are very self-aware and they know what they are and they don't try to be anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's why you keep bringing me back for these kind of movies because you know that's what I enjoy. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about a little bit about that in our episodes of on uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Go back and listen if you haven't. You should. If you like Nate, that yeah. was a great one. <laughs> Self-plug. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you aren't watching the video podcast, you both just like point into the camera. Go check that out. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Great movie. Good one. Um, uh-huh. But movies that are self-aware and aren't afraid to like just – know what they are and play on that. I think that's even what like makes fourth wall breaks good. And yeah. I, I 100%. Think, was there any fourth wall breaks in this movie? I'm trying to think there weren't any fourth wall breaks, but like that's something that we talked about a lot in our she Hulk episode, which should have lots of wall break fourth wall breaking. Um, yeah. Like just self stuff that is self aware just has a different, I feel like everybody's a critic now. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I have a podcast and everything and I'm like, I'm a total professional and I know everything about movies. Um, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where I feel like everybody's a critic now with just the accessibility of being able to create and to put your opinions on the internet. Of course. Um, and I love that movies are now just taking that and they're doing it themselves. And they're saying, yeah, we know that every Marvel movie ending is the exact same. So we're just going to make fun of it here in our, our funny Marvel show. Gotta ask Kevin. Or... <laughs> Or, or with weird, where it's like, yes, we know that every musical biopic is the exact same, where they Drugs, have parents who don't alcohol. love them, they have a drug or alcohol problem, and they, they have hate their band, they have a girlfriend that they dated for a week, and that's the love of their life. Their and manager's like, telling them something they don't want to hear. Exactly. Like, they took all, and so that I didn't even realize were, like, musical biopic tropes, and we'll talk about that again. We'll talk about next segment. So We've been really teasing this next segment. You better, next you better, you better be stay good. tuned for the next half hour, because it's going to be very good. It's going to be very um, weird. <laughs> it's going to be very weird. Um, but, yeah, like, I, don't know, I love how self-aware this movie was, and, like, I feel like you have to be to do parodies. And I think that's one of the things that makes Weird Al so great, is he's calling out things that I've never really, note, like, explicitly noticed that are all trends in these movies, but, like, when I'm seeing them being made fun of, I know exactly what they're referencing. And I think it's hilarious because I know that that's what happens in every musical biopic. But if I had just watched Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man and La Bamba, I wouldn't have actually, like, explicitly said, oh, yeah, this is what happens then, and then this is next, and this is next. Like, I wouldn't have actually noticed those things, I don't think. 
until I saw it being made fun of. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm just instantly aware yes that is what is that's what he's making fun of it happens all the time i totally get that i don't know this was just such a clever movie yeah 100 percent. but also ridiculous and it led up to the name it was very weird <laughs> dude you're hitting it right on the head i yeah. mean the, the movie is what it says it is i think it's best that the poster and if you haven't seen the poster go ahead and look it up right now because the biggest words on it are just weird the, Here, the real Al, Al Yankovic story is, you know, yes. below the weird. Here's the thing I love. Okay, if whatever platform you're listening on, you should be able to see, like, the, the podcast episode, like, cover, like, mm -hmm. the image. If you go through, you're going to see lots of oranges and lots of blues. Now, little inside baseball into filmmaking. Um, teal and orange is, like, the most common, like, it looks really good film, like, color grade. So a lot of movies are going to be, like, you're going to see lots of teals and lots of oranges. Um, mostly teals in the shadows, oranges in the highlights. And if you look through all of our episodes, you're going to notice there's lots of oranges and there's lots of blues um, for this for like the cover uh, arts that we use for the episodes. This one is purple. It looks totally different. It stands out like nothing else, and I love it. And that is exactly what this movie is. It totally stands out amongst the crowd of all the other blockbusters coming out. I mean, we're in Oscar season right now. All yeah. the all the big Oscar nominated movies are going to be coming out between October and December, and right in the middle of that, we have Weird, and it is the strangest movie of all time. It's only releasing on the Roku channel, which is also just completely bizarre. Yeah. Because who has Roku? I mean, we were like trying to figure out how, <laughs> like, who can we borrow a Roku from? We need a Roku. And luckily, I looked it up and I found it. You can just download the Roku app. So if you're listening to this episode without actually watching the movie. Um, go down the Roku app, watch this movie. It's not very long. It's about a hundred minutes. Um, yeah, it's worth like, it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. It was a fantastic. It was just it was just a really fun watch. The thing about good movies is that they have to be able to laugh at themselves. Yes, one hundred percent. Weirds doing that, mm -hmm. and if you don't go into this movie uh, being able to laugh at yourself at a, mm -hmm. you know very blatant jokes, yes, you're not going to enjoy yourself. Uh, yes, if you, I feel like this like. I don't think this movie will be nominated for an Oscar because all of is. all of the critic movie snobs who are going to watch this movie are going to be very critical. Be like, this is so ridiculous. Why? Why is he murdering Pablo Escobar right now? This doesn't make any sense. Um, like, that's that's the point. You the know? whole relationship with Madonna too. At Everything about this movie was so great. Whenever he was like in his apartment, I was like, why is everybody so hot? And you were just like, wait a minute. Why is everybody so hot? And then you just have Weird Al with this, this weird mustache, this Hitler mustache, the massive afro. And then you have all these like football jocks. Like they're on the varsity team. Like they're starters. And they're just like, yeah, you got this. We're going to write, record a song in the bathroom, which actually apparently, as I looked up that uh, that last stat about when they started, apparently that was actually real. He did. He recorded his first 95% accurate. He did record I right Love here. Rocky Road in a bathroom. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not it's not the worst place. Nate, do you have any final thoughts on on weird? Um, I've I've done parodies in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy the comedy genre, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I grew up listening to Weird Al. This movie encapsulates the feeling of being a Weird Al fan for all these years. Sure, and perfectly like squashes a watermelon on a stump. <laughs> yes. To get all of the funny juices over the audience. Yes, absolutely. Even as a non-Weird Al fan, I mean, I, I, I would consider myself like, I like Weird Al. I don't have anything against him. I'm not like, I don't listen to all this stuff. He's not in my playlist anywhere. Um, but I still very thoroughly enjoyed this movie. and It was fantastic. Um, so that's our thoughts on Weird, the Alley and Quick story. But don't leave yet. We're going to talk about more about this obsession with musical biopics sure. and how Weird just took that whole genre of movies and flipped it on its head. So stay tuned for next segment. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick second to tell you all about something that we are going to be doing here in a few weeks, and we need your help to pull it off. As you know, Christmas is just around the corner, and everybody loves doing advent calendars, and we want to do 
our own here on the show, where every day we have one mini episode for 25 days to lead up to Christmas and do a popcorn hangover Christmas advent calendar. But to do that, we're going to need your help. Head over to our social channels, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon, all at the popcorn hangover, and send us some questions. It can be about Christmas related things. It could be about our favorite movies. It could be about songs or books or whatever questions you may want to ask us ask away and then we will answer those questions on one of the days of the show can't wait to hear from all of you ding dong man ding dong (laughs) welcome back to the popcorn hangover we are discussing Weird, the Al Yankovic stories, starring Dana Radcliffe, of all people. Amazing um, casting. This next segment is going to be fun. Uh, this is something we've talked about before. Um, I remember, I want to say it was in our Whiplash episode. We were trying to figure out, like, what, how do you, what genre do you classify Whiplash in, except for, like, drama. Like, obviously it's a drama. But yeah. most movies are dramas, right? Like, I feel like music has this weird um, genre, like... Is this isn't like genre limbo. Like, what do you call a movie about music? Because mm. I feel like this weird misconception where, like, movies like Weird Al or A Star Is Born, especially, are considered like musicals. When no, they're not musicals. Because, no. in my opinion, a musical is a movie where singing and dancing is just part of that world. Yes. Um, like the musical The Little Mermaid, a uh, part of that world, um, a part of their world. Um, but whereas, like, A Star Is Born, or like this, like. Music is not a part of the world. Like, they're singing and dancing because they're giving performances. Music is the topic. Right. It's not a topic, a- but it's not a part of, like, how people communicate with each other. Yes. So I think the, like, quote-unquote definition for musicals mm-hmm. is when words can't say enough, music will. Yes. Um, the amazing uh, Howard Ashman. Have you seen the, the documentary Howard on Disney Plus? No, but I'm you going should. to now. You absolutely should. It is fantastic. So if you don't know Howard Ashman, um, essentially is a guy who created the con- the he's the foundation for the modern musical, in my opinion. Um he was the lyricist for The Little Mermaid, um, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Um and one of his most famous quotes, which is used has always been used, but he's the first one who actually defined it. Um, he said, with the musical, when the emotion is too strong to say, you sing. And when it's too strong to sing, you dance. Mm. And that is literally what musicals are. Like, that is how you define musicals. I love Howard Ashman. He's one of my biggest, like, inspirations in terms of, like, creativity. Love the guy. Was Like, he, in the last week of his life, he was finishing uh, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Like, on his deathbed, he... He refused Uh-oh. to stop writing because he knew that these movies are important and they're two. They're some of the greatest movies that Disney has has ever made. Um, Golden Age. Anyway, uh, that's that's a topic for another time. I have to bring um, me back. I love Disney. Anyway, we're talking about we're talking about musical biopics for sure. the rest for the rest of today's show, um, which is what I thought this movie was going to be. Um, it was. It was it not. Still is. I mean, apparently it was ninety five percent accurate. Um, I don't know where that five percent. Uh, inaccuracy was from. I mean, obviously, going through the jungle and murdering a bunch of people since last Thursday, including Paul uh, Pablo Escobar, like that had to be real. There's a question that I have about that whole like yeah. kind of scene because mm-hmm. when they're having dinner, he's like, "This has been the best six hours of my life." Yes, <laughs> and with it, Madonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm and like, you actually had what? a fun you had a fun Madonna fact about like their relationship. Oh yeah, so in uh, I believe J- Jimmy Fallon okay. on his show, uh, he had Al on, and he said that the only time that he had ever met Madonna was for about forty five seconds backstage. <laughs> and here Madonna's like the evil villain yeah. that like completely turns Weird Al uh, and Against like to everybody. the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> Feed in, uh, and then I think I said it a couple times while we were watching it. She was being an enabler. Yeah, for the, you for did. The you did say that a lot and stuff. So it, it was just it was funny to see uh, a twist on kind yeah. of that uh, uh, parody of for sure biopic villain, quote unquote. Yes, um, 
Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of musical biopics that I've had a lot of um, buzz. Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody was a big one. Rocket Man, um, Elvis is another one that came out this year. I'm sure it's going to get a lot of Oscar recognition. Those sure. recent ones. Um, I don't know if it was in the first one, but I feel like it was like an early adopter of like the first good musical biopics. But La Bamba about Richie Valen, sure. Um, also, fantastic movie. Um, what are some of your like favorite? musical biopics so i uh again growing up in like my household uh-huh. uh i had a dad from pennsylvania and a mom from west virginia okay or pennsylvania dad's from pennsylvania mom's from west virginia excuse yeah. me um my mom really liked country so okay. like i was raised on like dixie i'm very chicks. i'm very sorry for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> dixie chicks Dis- dixie chicks and shania twang and then for some reason Johnny Cash kept coming up. So like sure. Every walk other the line. Yeah. Every yeah. other Saturday. It was like walk the line or uh fried green tomatoes on the TV. Would you say that walk the line is like your favorite like musical biopic of all time? I think it was up until Bohemian came out. Okay. Some because you own that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. It is very well done. I think that the story of queen, their music, the influence that they had on uh, rock and pop, mm-hmm. pop music. Absolutely. Fight me in the comments. Uh, no, 100%. Because at the time, like, rock was pop music. Sure. It's different now, of course. Yes. But, like, that that was what... I mean, pop music is just sort of popular. I feel like people forget that a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the movement that Queen had, and then one of my, like, kind of rules that I have for biopics is I think that the person that it's about should be passed on. I don't, I don't think that they should be alive for their movies. So, like, okay. when, when yeah. they... We, got rocket man i wasn't as excited sure but that's something we're gonna talk about here in a few minutes um so when i heard we are out thought. i thought that was gonna be like another like oh he's yeah not even close mm-hmm. so i was like what's this gonna be and then yeah i was like wait a minute this is weird now it makes sense yeah sure I, you know you brought it up let's not say for a few minutes let's talk about it now sure um so you you don't like that they make biopics about people who are still alive right i I kind of agree. I never actually saw Rocket Man. Uh, full transparency, um, I've heard it's been. I heard it was fantastic. Um, I do like some Elton John songs. It's something that I'm. Elton John's someone that like constantly pops up on my Discover Weekly on Spotify. Yeah, just because that's the kind of music I listen to. Um, yeah, I like Elton John. Good I, music. I definitely plan on seeing the movie at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, like, yeah, the fact that he is still alive, it it's turns weird. me off a little bit because to do something like that, you kind of have to have the person's perspective on it. Yeah. And I feel like that defeats the purpose of a biopic. I feel like a biopic should be the perspective of other people on your life. Cause you're going to be very, very biased. Yeah. Um, that's why I think Bohemian Rhapsody worked in the way it did was yes. You still have members of the band who are still alive and who do still perform as queen. They could, they could be there. Um, I actually heard that, uh, the two that are still alive were there in the recording studio. Yes. Um, when they were recording, re-recording all of their songs for the movie, um, I think that's different than actually having Freddie Mercury be in the studio and saying, "No, hold on, I don't sing it like that. You need to go a little higher. You're you're a half step. You're a half step too too sharp. You need to go. You can go down a little bit. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a different. I feel can like imagine, bio- Can you imagine Freddie coaching them through singing? Oh gosh, for Live Aid. No one. No one can. Do Freddie Mercury like Freddie Mercury? No, he's the best singer in history. And honestly, let's talk about Bohemian Rhapsody for a minute, okay? Because okay? yeah. I feel like that might be the greatest musical biopic of all time. It's definitely up there. I think it's the uh, what's it called? It's 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 what all other biopics are going to end up pulling from. I think yeah, future biopics are one hundred percent going to be pulled from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Like I think that. Before Bohemian Rhapsody, and Bohemian Rhapsody was pulling from La Bamba, sure, um, which was about Richie Valens. Uh, can I can I make a confession really quick? Go for it. I thought the movie Bohemian Rhapsody was going to be about them writing what I think is one of the greatest songs ever recorded in history. Now I'm very specific about saying recorded. I don't think it's one of the greatest songs like ever written, but in terms of the way that it was recorded in the time with the technology that they had, I think that is one of the greatest songs ever recorded. Um, and what they're able to do with that, like all the layers and things that they would have had to have done with only having like an eight track yeah. is freaking brilliant. Um, and that's a discussion for another time. Queen, I thought queen is like 
queen. Qu- queen is queen. That's enough said right yeah. there. Th- that's all you need to say. I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was going to be entirely about them writing Bohemian Rhapsody. And with the trailers, like I, f- I thought that that's what it was going to be. When I watched it, I was really disappointed when Bohemian Rhapsody, the song specifically, was given like maybe five minutes and that's that's really giving them some credit yeah like it was very quick you had a quick michael myers reference which was fun um and that was it like i was expecting more of the bohemian rhapsody aspect of it and queen is great the story freddie mercury is very interesting Mm -hmm. um and i definitely saw a lot of parallels that we're just making fun of with freddie mercury's story 100 but yeah, I, I was a little disappointed with Bohemian Rhapsody. I've only seen it the one time. Maybe I saw it again, knowing going into it, knowing what it was going to be, I would think differently. I was a little disappointed with the movie. Um, full transparency. For me, maybe it's just a, a syndrome of graduation goggles or nostalgia goggles, sure. however you want to put it. Um, Queen, again, that's another one of the things that I had growing up with that. It was Weird Al and Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kiss, funny enough. Which, <laughs> okay. Can you imagine a Kiss biopic? Weird Queen and Kiss. I feel like you're just like progressing through rock. <laughs> <laughs> in, in terms of intensity, you have Weird Al, okay, that's a little bit of rock and roll. And then you have Queen, like, okay, that's definitely rock and roll. Yes. And you have Kiss, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those were like the three bands that I remember my dad listening to. And uh-huh. then, so like if it was him home, that's what we were listening to. If my mom was home, it was Dixie Ticks, J- Dixie Chicks and... When money grows on trees, <laughs> Earl had to die. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, you're, you're, you're understanding why I'm so weird. Yes, 100. Like like the title of the movie. Yes. Look at that. We're bringing it. We're pun bringing in, it full circle. Pun intended. We're, we're just we're just really bringing it. it we're just in figure eights with this this full circle. It's here. great. Yeah, I don't know. Like Bohemian Rhapsody, feel like is the musical biopic that all future musical biopics are going to be yes. based off of. Um, did you ever see Elvis? I've not, but okay. um, again, back to Nate's childhood when Nate was a lad. No, um, there, <laughs> back there, in the back in my day, there was a, there was a figure in my life who was a huge Elvis mm-hmm. fan, so I get all the references and stuff. Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, watching the trailers was enough for me. That I was sure. like, okay, so we're getting another biopic for mm-hmm. another artist. Very Here's the thing that I think is interesting about the way that musical biopics are approached. Um, particularly in this year for looking at Elvis and Weird, um, is how how well the filmmakers are taking the lives of these people mm-hmm. and making us somewhat relate to them. For example, Weird is very much a parody, and Weird Al does parody. So, like, those two things make sense. And as soon as I realized this was a parody of musical biopics, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, that's that's weird. I mean, I said, oh, of course it's a parody because it's Weird Al. This makes yeah. so much sense. Um, Elvis was kind of the same way. Elvis is a movie that, I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy as much as other people did. Um, I'm going to hear more of my thoughts on that. Listen to our Summer Rewind um, and our review on Jaws we did a few weeks ago. Uh, a few months ago, actually, at this point, because it's been a while since summer's been over. It's November, my guy. It's, it, it's already November. We're getting into the Christmas season. By the way, if you aren't paying attention to our, uh, if you skipped through our, our, our break segment, um, go to our social media pages and submit your questions for our Christmas Advent um event that we're going to be doing uh, but anyway uh that's coming up soon summer was a while ago uh i said that elvis i talked about elvis a little bit elvis for me i didn't like as much i thought blas lerman was fantastic as elvis like holy crap what a breakout role i i can't wait to see what he does next um but that movie you do not have time to breathe it is so freaking fast um i said Baz lerman I'm done. Baz Luhrmann directed the movie. I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. Austin Butler played Elvis. Austin Butler. I can't wait to see what Austin Butler does next. Not Baz Luhrmann. I mean, Baz Luhrmann is also a fantastic director. Um, I can't wait to see what Austin Butler does next. Wow, I'm I'm a mess today. Anyway, um, Austin Butler did did fantastic in the role of Elvis. Can't see what he does next. Uh, but this was such a Baz Luhrmann-y movie where it's so freaking fast. You do not have time to breathe throughout the entire movie. It's just nonstop quick cuts lots of crazy transitions but at the same time like that was elvis's life it was non-stop and so when he does start going to drugs and alcohol like it you kind of relate to him because you yourself can't breathe after three hours of his life and again this is a non-stop movie and it was three hours and it did kind of feel like three hours because you couldn't breathe but also like i don't know it just 
that movie was so well executed in terms of it being about the life of Elvis. Mm-hmm. Just like how I think this movie is so well executed in it being about the life of Weird Al. While, yes, it 100% was not 95% accurate, it was just a bunch of random shenanigans that Weird Al thought was really funny. Yes. Um, but I still feel like this is kind of like what Weird Al's life was like, yeah. if that makes any sense. I think Weird Al sees the world through a different lens than most. I think that's what makes sure. great entertainers great mm-hmm. entertainers. Absolutely. Uh, the fast-paced life, Elvis was the one who could live that. Yeah. And that's why his movie is like that. You see the struggle between uh, the roots of home and the big city in Walk the Line with Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. and you see the struggle with uh, family ties, new new country, new love interests, new mm-hmm. bands and success in Bohemian Rhapsody. Just because Weird Al sees the lens of the world through uh, those masks that have the nose and mustache yes. and have the eyes, uh-huh. that makes his movie funny. Yes, 100%. Here's a question. This is my last question. Sure. And I didn't prepare you for it. No. So if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Let's see what we can do. If you could, if there could be a musical biopic about any artist, who would you want to see a musical biopic about? Or if it already exists, but you would want to see it done differently, who would you want to go with? So my two favorite bands mm-hmm. of all time, uh, and fight me in the comments if you disagree, but uh-huh. I really love Imagine Dragons. Sure. And I really like Really Panic interesting story with Imagine Dragons. Sorry. What was your second one? Panic at the Disco. That's also a really good one. And I think Panic at the Disco would make the better movie. Because really? Of, yes. Okay. Have you seen the Cradle to Stage? It's on, it's on Paramount. It's directed by Dave Grohl. You should watch it. The first episode is about, um, I forget the release here in his name, Imagine Dragons. But it's about Imagine Dragons and how like. I think his name's like Daniel or Dylan. Sure. Um, it starts with a D. Totally. I, yeah, I 100% know. Um, but yeah, it's about how like he came from like an Amish background and he had to kind of like leave his faith. But also like. Amish? still had still has like some like he still believes in god and has like faith but it's not oh, yeah. the amish faith like it's very interesting i de- highly recommend it but yeah i think imagine dragons would actually be a more interesting imagine story. dragons would be super good because um well i think they do a really good job with just their music yeah. you listen to their second album where they're talking about gold and shots mm-hmm. uh if you go back and listen to those lyrics or just read them because they're fantastic ones mm-hmm. and then we move on to uh believer uh we have demons in their first album mm-hmm. that talks about the struggles of you know just inner interpersonal struggles absolutely so i think the reason why i think i would prefer panic a mm-hmm. they are more preferable in my taste sure but sure. um brendan yuri the lead singer currently mm-hmm. isn't wasn't even in the band initially Okay. He was added in later on. Interesting. And I feel like he is like, he's the one name that I know from the band. Because yeah. he's the lead singer, but I feel like he's, so I, think, I know uh, that name very, like. I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. But mm-hmm. if you go back and listen, look at their first album, it's him and the other, like, initial lead singer on the front of the album. Okay. And it wasn't until um, the the album, and I'm going to get flambasted in the comments for this one. You are. But. The second album where it's all the red and then all of the famous, like, uh, pop culture figures at, like, the Last Supper table. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of the album, and I'm struggling. Uh I I think it's Pretty Odd is the name of the album. Their first album? Second album. Odd. Just Odd. Odd was the second album. So I said Pretty Odd. I was pretty close. You were were very close. So in in that one, I think that's when Brendan kind of brings in the, his lead vocals. He becomes the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the... Recorded at Abbey Road, uh, fun fact. Yes. Released on March 21st, 20, 2008. I totally know that off the top of my head. I did not <laughs> look that up just now. And then I think it was um, two albums later where he's... It's uh, too young to die, but too... Something bold. Uh-huh. I'm, again. You're going to get roasted in the comments so I hard. am. I'm in a music video for Panic! at the Disco. Fight me. Okay, we're going to put that in the show notes. You're going to send me that video. Oh, yeah, sure. put in the show notes. All right, I'm going to cut you off here because this was a very selfish question. If you haven't figured this out already, um, 
this podcast is basically me just talking about things that I really want to talk about. Yes. Um, so what? What? Particularly last episode was just me. The second half was just me ranting about Spider Man's true origins. If you didn't listen to last week's last week's episode, you need to go listen to it. Uh, especially you, Nate, because apparently you haven't listened to it. I'm behind. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me set you up then. Okay. What artist or band do you want to okay. see made into a biopic? So if you're listening to, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, you will see that I'm wearing a shirt. By the wonderful band Lawrence, and I would mm-hmm. love I would love to see a musical biopic about their about their group, um, but in a few years because they are just now kind of coming to fruition. Uh, I want to say fruition. Like they've been they've been relatively popular. Mm-hmm. Like the way I describe them is that they couldn't sell out like a stadium like Taylor Swift could, but they're also too big to play like in a bar. Uh, but their story is very interesting. Um, there it's as a brother sister duo. Um, their dad uh, was. The writer of he was one of the writers for uh, Family Ties, the show in the eighties. Yeah, um, he also was uh, one of the lead writers for Miss Congeniality, the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, and fun fact: one of the leads, Clyde Lawrence, wrote the Miss Congeniality theme song. Um, they couldn't f- figure out like who like they were trying. They were testing out all sorts of different like themes, couldn't figure it out. And so the dad was like, "Man, like I I'm trying to write that." So Clyde like went to the piano and just played like a quick theme, and the dad was like, "Holy." Sh- go play that again mm-hmm. um and he did he recorded it and it became like the official song for the movie when he was five years old um he's the youngest person to ever get his uh like music composers wow. um guild license or whatever anyway like fantastic story across the board they're a fantastic band they're very like old soulish like it's i don't know it i highly recommend them i would that would, that would be the band that i i would say I want to see their biopic because the way that they have grown, um, and also I feel like one of the ways that they grew to popularity was through TikTok. Um, yeah. It, if it weren't for this podcast, I would not be on TikTok. I'm only on the TikTok for to post clips and things for the show and, and for me to show. send you things to laugh. And at. for Nate, and for Nate to send me really cool TikToks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you're the only one that messages, messages me. So if you want to send welcome. me cool TikToks. Uh, at the popcorn hangover, go send me some cool TikToks. I'm on that run the page. Um, yeah, like everyone for that TikTok, like through that, I saw an ad for one of their their most popular song, "Don't Lose Sight," and I thought, wow, like this Gracie Lawrence, who is this person? She is uh, the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And I like realized I had discovered this band like years ago through another song. Um, it's a long story, but I love this band so much. I would love to see their story and the fact, like the way that they. I feel like they're one of the biggest bands who has used social media to propel themselves into where they are now. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of just, they're moving through like crazy. And I'm glad I discovered them at the point that they're at. Um, Cause when I first saw them perform, like it was at a very small venue. It was very like a, a close intimate performance. And now they're performing on like Jimmy Kimmel and Colbert and like they're doing all these like big shows and they're selling out every night. And like, it's really cool to watch this band grow. Yeah. And I would love to see a biopic about a band or a person or a group where I've actually gotten to see them grow. Because for example, like I wasn't live during Elvis's time or Queen's time or Ellen John's time oh. or Weird Al's time. Like in terms of like when they really grew. Like I I've I've witnessed, of popularity. I've witnessed yeah, I've witnessed Weird Al like release new stuff or I've witnessed Elton John release new stuff, but I haven't seen them like in their quote unquote prime. Yes. Um, so I would really love in general, just to see a group like panic or imagine dragons where I have gotten to see their rise into stardom or in my case, Lawrence, I think would be a fantastic biopic at some point in time. Um, I don't think they're quite ready for a biopic yet. I feel like no. there's still more story for them to write. They're not at their peak yet. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I can't wait to see is a biopic where, I can actually understand all the references and I lived through all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the last time you're here with bodies, 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 like with this new kind of generation of people and movies and getting to see social media be the, the forefront of things. Like that's where I think music is really at right now, where pop music is at is like with TikTok. There's so many artists that I don't listen to on Spotify, but I see pop up on TikTok or on my Instagram reels one in particular because I film weddings. I mentioned earlier, like there's a guy who just, he's like, 
here's like the Avengers theme song, but as a wedding like march. Yes. But like I see so many of those videos. I'm like, wow, this is so good. There's a guy um, who did a uh, English parody, of, and again, I'm gonna get him to watch anime at some point. Uh, there was a guy who did an English parody of Bluebird, which mm-hmm. is the best Naruto uh, opening of all time. Okay, and you can't fight me on that. Don't even try. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't wait to see the the biopics about the movies about the for artists us. about the artists. Yeah, who are are for us? Because right now it is older. Obviously, like that's how that works. Elvis is around Richie Valens. Don't get me started on generational stuff again, man. Yeah, yeah, we. We're running out of time. This is the end of the episode, Nate. Nate, do you have any final thoughts on weird or musical biopics in general? Musical biopics uh, need to represent the artist in the best of their abilities. Absolutely. Whether or not it's a funny parody or a serious drama about Mm -hmm. knowing who you are as yourself. Mm -hmm. Weird did what others were probably too scared to do and lean into that just a little bit better. Absolutely. And it just, it was weird and funny and I want to watch it again. Absolutely. You know what? I I have nothing else to add to that. That was that was so beautiful and perfect. Um, yeah, I'm gonna lean into that. Like weird. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, listen to what Nate said, because yeah, I 100 percent agree. Like weird took a risk, and I I almost think it's sad that it's only releasing on the Roku channel. Um, it's Great. making it's gonna make it very difficult for it to kind of get put in front of other people. Um, the fact that it was made for eight million dollars is something we didn't really talk about. Is very impressive to me, um, especially with all the cameos they did. I feel like those cameos were done out of a out of a love, love. and a passion yes. for Weird Al of and course. for the kind of stuff that he brings to the table. Um, yeah, I am. I'm very impressed with this movie. I loved it so much. Um, highly recommend everyone go check it out. It's free on the App Store on any App Store. Um, you've been listening to the Popcorn Hangover. I'm Alex. That is Nate. Let us know what your thoughts were on Weird, and what is your favorite musical biopic and first concert. Let us know over on all of the things, um, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon.com, slash the popcorn, hangover. Next week, I don't. I, I need to give a tease. Um, it's very obvious if you know what's coming out uh, soon and what we like to talk about on the show. Um, R.I.P. King, that is your tease as the music ends because I started it too soon. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. Uh, Graham's not here, so I will say peace.